This is the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, episode number 115. Welcome to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthy lifestyle. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to get your veg on. Zeners, welcome back to Vegetarian Zen. My name is Vicki. And this is Larissa. In this episode of the Vegetarian Zen podcast, we're going to be talking about thyroid issues and iodine deficiencies and why this is of special interest to vegetarians and vegans. And I'm going to disclose a personal story about this and why it's really become important to us as of late. Right. And first, I just got to say, when you like do your podcast stuff to like set up. You sound like a crazy person in a padded room. I swear. It is so funny. We're going to have to record it one time just for fun. Cause it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. It, she does like all our sound checks test, and all the, check, the test, volume check, levels. Check. check. <laughs> it's really funny. How many times do I say, Hey there, red zenners. Hey there, red zenners. Hey yep. there. My name is Vicky. And I told my her, I said, Vicky. if she ever gets, when she gets old, if she gets dementia, she's never going to forget her name because she said it like 5 million times when she's doing her sound Rock checks. and roll, rock and roll. All right. <laughs> All right. Before we get started with our episode today, we wanted to do a quick disclaimer though, um, and let you all know that as we have with several of our podcasts in the past, particularly those that are involved with... Um, Medical. Medical type issues. That everything we discussed is based, everything we discuss is based strictly on our own research and discussions with our doctor. So do not use this in place of medical advice. You should always, always, always discuss any changes that you're thinking about making to your diet with your doctor because your doctor knows you best. Right. Well, outside of yourself. Right. (laughs) Yeah. We are not doctors. We are not nurses. We don't claim to be. I call you doctor. (laughs) No, but no, we're not. We're we're really not. And and, uh, this is like Vicky said, it's just based on personal experience and research. So yeah. And even what I'm about to what I'm about to discuss today was stuff I kind of discussed with my doctor a little bit after the fact, but it wasn't anything major, but I still wanted to loop her in into what I was doing. Mm hmm. All right. Now, before we get started, I know we have a new rating. We do. Yay. Yay. All right. So this rating comes from the United States on uh, July. (laughs) Doing it again. July 23rd. uh, You are really struggling with your months. (laughs) I can't. Well, it's when I see them in number form that I have to think about what that means. Um, I know there's a J with the seven. So anyway, July 23rd. And it's from Becca. 6615. And Becca says, great podcast. And she goes on and she says, as a vegan who is new to the scene, I've enjoyed listening to your topics and absolutely love your approach to vegan and vegetarianism, or should I say, reducitarianism. There are many reasons for my becoming a vegan, and this podcast is making it so much more fun and enjoyable. You do great work, ladies. So thank you, Becca. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And obviously, she's listened to our episode on reducitarianism, where we talk about uh, Brian Cateman and his uh, reducitarian. Yeah, that was about what three or four episodes Uh, ago. I think think, something like that. Really good, really good TED talk he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll link to it in this episode. All right. 
We have a news update as well, right? We do. This one's really cool. I don't remember where I saw this. I saw it, um, I don't know, maybe I saw it on Facebook or something. But uh, Costa Rica, apparently, and we've never been to Costa Rica. It's on our list. I, I want to go. Yes, anyway, definitely. Um, I, I hear it's very, very beautiful and very eco-friendly and, and everything. So I'd love, love to go. But Costa Rica is planning to shut down its zoos and free all of their animals that they have in captivity. That is amazing. Yes. And now free is with an asterisk. And we'll explain that in a second. Um, first, they, they first announced their intention to do this back in 2013. But they're, they were kind of thwarted. Um, thwarted. That sounded very um, snooty. <laughs> they were they were kind of thwarted in their efforts because the the two zoos uh, apparently that they have that are government run are they had contracts with I guess the management companies who ran them and they tried to get out of the contracts and they just had a ruling this past Friday or well this past Friday for us, but uh, that said that, no, they can't. They're locked into those contracts for another 10 years. So they can't terminate the the zoo uh, part of this for another 10 years, which is sad. But what they're planning to do is when that 10 years is up, the zoos will be converted into cageless bioparks. So what they'll do, uh, from my understanding, is they'll release the animals but keep them in a protected you know kind of like a sanctuary i mm-hmm. guess um like a wildlife maybe preserve or something uh and then people will still have access to use those areas the animals that are in captivity now that are not able to be released in this fashion will be cared for in rescue centers and wildlife sanctuaries that are located throughout costa rica yeah that's kind of good because you can't there's some animals yeah. that were raised in captivity you can't just if you Mm-hmm. Just throw them out there. They're mm-hmm. not going to You know, and survive. I think it's really cool. Um, I didn't put this in the notes, but something else that I read in that article is that Costa Rica was also the first um, country, and I believe it was back in 2010. I'm not positive, but uh, it, it may have been after that. But they were the first country to ban hunting for sport. Nice. Completely ban it. Very so, nice. yay. Maybe well, we Costa Rica, to I know. Costa Rica. Costa Rica is way ahead of the of of everybody yeah. when it comes to that kind of stuff. Awesome. Yeah, I would move there. Yes, I would too. I cool. seriously would. All right, let's go. All right. Okay, we're ready to get into our main topic. Yes. So tell us your story. Tell us what how how all of this how this whole topic got started for us as a podcast. Okay. Topic. Yeah. So I have as as you guys who have listened to us for a while may know that a couple years ago, well, is it a couple years ago? Was it 2014 that I started training for a half marathon? Yeah, it was last year, I think. Right. I was starting to train for a half marathon. I was signed up and everything. I was super stoked about it. But then I had an injury and it was uh, started with plantar fasciitis and then it went into Achilles tendonitis, which now I have come to learn what it is. And uh, so I overall was really achy. But then some other things started to happen. I started to notice that I was very sensitive to cold. And as you guys have heard us talk about, it's not cold in Texas. (laughs) But I would be some days like at home when it wasn't really cold inside. I mean, we have the AC on, obviously, but it was 
I was having five blankets on me mm-hmm. because I was just feeling so cold and still shivering. And my hands and my feet were really ice cold. Yeah, we bought you a big one of those big sweatshirts with the hood. Mm-hmm. And she'd be sitting at her desk doing stuff. And I'd be in a tank top and shorts. And you'd be in your long pajama bottoms and a sweatshirt. Yeah, with, with a sweatshirt, with socks, like two pairs sometimes, and slippers. And I was feeling just really really bad. I mean, mm-hmm. just achy and just cold. Then my skin, which is always, I've already always had some issues with dry skin, but I noticed it a little bit more, especially on my knees and my elbows. And I started to feel a little bit moody and depressed and tired. And I thought that that came from the fact that I wasn't able to exercise as much anymore. And again, those of you who have listened to us for a while know that I love working out. That has never been an issue for me. It, it is a source of just peacefulness for me. It's mm-hmm. like meditation almost. So that I thought, well, maybe I'm feeling moody and depressed. And Larissa said she noticed I had been like I was looking. Not acting, <laughs> not acting yeah. like you used to. Yeah, I was just a little quieter, a little bit more reserved. Mm-hmm. And I'm already, I'm already an introvert, so I tend to be a little quieter <laughs> of the two of us. But I, I just wasn't, I knew I wasn't feeling right. I also experienced or started to experience some weight gain. And again, I put that on the fact that I was not working out as much. But even when I was working out and I was running up to nine miles before I had to stop for the when I was training for the half marathon, I wasn't losing weight. Mm-hmm. And I was really watching what I ate. I was doing a lot of balancing of my nutrients. And I was really watching very closely what I ate because I wanted to make sure I was in top form as as much you know I wasn't expecting I was going to lose 50 pounds before the marathon but I thought I wanted to be as light and healthy as possible so I was really paying attention to my nutrition but I was again it was just overall not feeling good and Larissa made a comment to me one time she said you know I really wonder if what you're experiencing experiencing is hormonal Mm -hmm. and then I started to think about I'm 47 years old so I thought well maybe it's time. <laughs> Maybe that chapter uh, is is coming upon me. and uh, But it really wasn't. So again, I was kind of at a loss. And then I started doing some research online and found when I started typing in my symptoms, it started coming back to thyroid issues, thyroid issues or iodine deficiency. And it occurred to me, you know, I was saying that iodine deficiencies aren't very typical anymore in, at least in our country, because we have salt, iodized salt that we use. Well, it occurred to me that Larissa and I, or at least me, Larissa had been, you had been on the sea salt, right? For for years. For years. But I stopped. I switched over to this. I was using iodized salt, but probably about a year and a half ago, maybe, or a year ago, Mm -hmm. I stopped the iodized salt and moved over to the sea salt. And as I started researching this even further, and I typed in thyroid issues, iodine deficiency, vegetarian or vegan, um, there was some pretty strong links there with between those two, or between those issues and vegetarian and veganism. And the primary reason that that occurs is because we don't 
take iodine from like fish. Larissa mm-hmm. and I are not pescatarian; we're vegetarian. Well, and it's not just <clears> fish. <throat> I mean, the many of the the sources for the thyroid supporting nutrients, like and not just iodine. So like iodine, selenium, copper, zinc. Many of those sources are meat sources. So fish, shellfish, liver, kidneys, turkey is another one, and we don't need any of those. That's a good point. Yeah. You know? So it wasn't just, but that's the first thing that mm-hmm. when it was talking about iodine and sources of iodine, fish usually pops up there mm-hmm. first. And so, and then it occurred to me, wow, I've stopped with the iodized salt. So mm-hmm. immediately I told Larissa, I need, when you go to the store next time, can you please pick, because she goes to the grocery store like at 11 in the morning on a Monday <laughs> when nobody's there, uh, which we're very fortunate for. So I don't, I haven't had to really step into <laughs> Mm -hmm. She's thrown a long time. But anyways, I said, can you please pick me up some iodized salt? And she found some iodized sea salt. Mm -hmm. Almost immediately, I noticed some of my symptoms starting to subside. I also bought some cantaloupe, which has vitamin A. We're going to talk a little bit more about some foods and asked her to get me some Brazil nuts, which have selenium, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. I just the next for the next week, I made sure that I incorporated those three things in my diet and since I've done that, I have not experienced any of the thing, any of the symptoms that I was experiencing. Now, right uh, when when did I go to the doctor? A couple of your weeks ago? Yeah. I went to the doctor and I still wanted her to test my thyroid because I wanted to make sure because this doesn't this is not and this is why I said this is not medical advice because some people have serious thyroid issues that can't be fixed with cantaloupe Brazil <laughs> yeah. nuts and, and salt. Yeah. So you should So I wanted to make sure that I was not, I didn't have a serious thyroid issue. And so I I had her test it and I told her this whole thing about what I was experiencing and how I suspected that either I was, I had a thyroid issue or that I had some sort of iodine deficiency. And she had actually even commented that another patient of hers was experiencing some of those things. So she was very interested Mm -hmm. in what I did to kind of um, help to, to fix that. And I said, and I have not experienced it since. So I suspect that I probably have either a thyroid issue or there was some deficiency in my iodine. Well, my blood work came back and I actually did not have a thyroid issue, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, but I do suspect that I was, I had an iodine deficiency that I self-corrected. Yeah. <laughs> and I told them, it's funny when I was talking to the doctor, I said, oh, and I was looking at my symptoms and I'm, I said, and I'm sure you all, you doctors love it when people self-diagnose. <laughs> 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 and she just laughed. But I mean, I did. She was very interested in what I said I kind of did. And I didn't do anything drastic. I wasn't doing any major because you have to be careful that you, you if you have serious thyroid issues, for example, what I was reading is that if you eat too many Brazil nuts, you can actually hurt yourself. Right, right. So you have to be very careful. And I wasn't doing anything extreme. And again, I made sure that as soon as I suspected there was something going on with me, I made an appointment to go see her mm-hmm. and have complete blood work done. Right, right, right. Yeah, so definitely, I mean, coordinate with your doctor, whatever you do. Um, this is, you know, the reason, again, like we said earlier, the reason that we're doing this episode is because we wanted to um, just kind of relay what Vicky had gone through. And, and, you know, and I mean, that's not to say that, well, I mean, it, it came. Your thyroid came back normal. 
Right. Yes. And But like you said, that's not to say that you didn't have some sort of iodine thing going on or maybe even something else that eating these other foods has kind of balanced out. I could have had vitamin A deficiency mm-hmm. yeah, as yeah. well, which is right. I started eating more cantaloupe. Right. And the other thing is that um, I have a B12 deficiency. So mm-hmm. I, we started taking a supplement. A supplement, yeah. Even though I try not to take supplements, B12 is something that vegans and vegetarians can run low on mm-hmm. because that is primary through animal products. Right, right, exactly. So, again, you know, we already mentioned that uh, with vegetarians and vegans, you just mentioned the B12, and then uh, the thyroid, a lot of the nutrients that support, support thyroid uh, come from meat. Iodine is especially important because iodine is one of the major building blocks for thyroid hormones. So if you're deficient in iodine, then that can, down the road, lead to uh, thyroid problems. So hypothyroidism, which is not where your thyroid is not producing enough hormones. And, you know, it's funny, you had read, you said you had read that iodine deficiency is not very common anymore. What I read is exactly the opposite is that it's more common now than it was um, 50 years ago. Okay, so I read that it wasn't as common in the Western worlds as it was like, there's some countries that the kids have like goiters and Mm -hmm. stuff because, which is caused by lack of uh, iodine. Right. Um, And it wasn't so much an issue with the, in the Western world anymore. But you know what, you're right, is that it was start, they were starting to see more instances. Mm-hmm. So it's not that it was opposite. It's just that yeah. it, it wasn't a serious issue as it is in some other countries. Right. And one of the other things I read, too, about that is that it's a common misconception that all salt is iodized. That's right. Because, I mean, sea salt is by default not. Now, there is sea salt, like the one that I found, that has iodine added to it. But even with just regular table salt... Only, I think it said only one fifth of all the table salt that is sold in the United States is iodized. So a lot of it is not. Most of it is not. Yeah. So especially as vegetarians and vegans, if you're not getting it from anywhere else, you know, that's where you really have to pay attention Mm -hmm. to to that. Right. Mm. Right. So you know, talking a little bit more about iodine and thyroid, I mentioned that. If uh, you have an iodine deficiency, it can lead to thyroid pro- problems. Um, the, just a little bit about the thyroid gland, because I didn't really know that much about it, you know, period. I mean, it's a, it's a little butterfly-shaped gland that sits like in the front of your neck. Um, and the hormones that it produces are used for things like weight management, energy use, uh, food metabolism. So it helps metabolize your food, uh, regulating sleep. And then the... F- Iodine, what iodine helps your body to do is to, and you'll see the the kind of commonalities here, iodine helps to stabilize uh, metabolism and body weight, uh, helps with brain development in children, helps with fertility, and also helps with um, optimizing your immune system. So iodine has antibacterial, antiparasitic, antiviral, and anti-cancer properties. 
So you can see, you know, with your hormone, I mean, hormones, with uh, your thyroid and iodine, there are a lot of the, the same things that they yeah. going on there. A large part of the thyroid hormone, in fact, is uh, molecule is comprised of iodine. So mm-hmm. not getting enough iodine can definitely contribute to low thyroid function. Right. So that and that's, as we mentioned, is hypothyroidism. And that's where your thyroid gland is underproducing. So it's not producing enough hormones. And then... See if this sounds familiar. I mean, and again, you weren't to that point, but it's not mm-hmm. to say you couldn't have gotten there. The symptoms, some of the symptoms of hypothyroidism are feeling sluggish or tired, problems losing weight, hair loss, dry skin, constipation, cold sensitivity. So all of those things. And one of the things that our doctor had mentioned too when you went for your appointment is that you may come back as normal. Your thyroid may be normal. But there, you know, there's a spectrum as with any kind of disease process or or there's a spectrum. So you may be on the very front end of that spectrum. And if you leave it and, you know, don't do things to to eat certain foods that will help you, you may get to this point of hypothyroidism. Right. You know, you just reminded me with that list too, though, hair, hair loss. I didn't really have hair loss, but I had hair thinning. Mm -hmm. And again, I attributed that to my age because I'm 47. And I thought, okay, well, you know, I have some friends that their hair is thinned a little bit. And I just attributed it to that. But once I started, I could just tell a difference. Mm -hmm. It's really weird. And, and just the thickness of my hair, I guess. Yeah, you really can. I have that, uh, very thick, curly hair. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. So what about, let's talk about some natural ways that you can support your thyroid uh, besides Brazil nuts and iodized salt. Okay. So like we just said, you want to ensure that you're getting enough of the nutrients that promote thyroid health. And the first one would be iodine. Mm-hmm. So like I said, a large part of the thyroid hom- hormone molecule is comprised of iodine. Mm-hmm. Vegetarian and vegan food sources for iodine could include, or do include, I should well, say. And then this is the first one that you're going to say is the number one. Yeah, and that's sea vegetables. So we're talking about kelp, nori, how do you pronounce Dul- this? I think it's dulce. D-U-L-C-E. Yeah. Uh, and they do sell that on Amazon, by the way. Mm-hmm. I was going to get some. And you you know, you can also find it in like Korean food markets or um, Japanese food markets. There's one down on Blanco in the old part of Blanco. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And isn't spirulina before. on this list too? I mean, it's not on our list. I, like I'm looking at it, but I, I thought it, it was. I, I didn't see it, yeah. but that doesn't mean it's not. Okay. Uh, eggs, spinach, garlic and onion, asparagus. Swiss chard, mushrooms, summer squash, sesame seeds, and lima beans. And see, I will actually eat everything on that list except for the sea vegetables. (laughs) So as long as I eat the sea vegetables, the seaweed and all that, I, I don't... I don't care for those, but everything else on that list I'll eat and I do eat. So that's mm-hmm. a good thing. Uh, all right. So the next one is, um, that was iodine. The next one is selenium. Selenium uh, protects your thyroid from stress uh, by flushing out the stress-induced hormones away from your thyroid gland. Away, away from, from the, the gland. gland. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, selenium also helps to regulate the way your body uses iodine vegetable sources or vegetarian sources of selenium, I should say, um, include mushrooms, sunflower seeds, Brazil nuts, and soybeans. And you'll notice that a lot of the same food items are on multiple lists for multiple uh, nutrients. So that's good. So as long as you're eating these things that are on multiple lists, you'll be getting lots of this good stuff. 
Okay, and a few other things that support the thyroid are zinc, copper, and iron. So let's talk about some sources of zinc. Okay. Okay, soybeans, walnuts, sunflower seeds, Brazil nuts, pecans, almonds, split peas, whole grains, ginger, and maple syrup. And I will say that I have, for snacks during uh, during the afternoon, I typically have walnuts, pecans, almonds and brazil nuts kind of mixed up together yeah i get uh whole foods in their bulk section they have an organic uh nut uh, nut mix so it's all of those together and i just get a just get those in a big bag and uh then just refill those as needed and you know they're not cheap but they're good so they're very good good for you Mm -hmm. and then i've started eating sunflower seeds I got some when we went to our to the podcast conference in the first part of August. I picked up a bag of organic sunflower seeds at Whole Foods just to take as a snack, and I've been eating those ever since. And I'm on my second bag now, and and they're really good. Okay, sources of copper. All right, so nuts, sunflower seeds again, white beans, soybeans, and I'm going to stop real fast here for a second. When we talk about soy and soybeans in these instances. It's important to clarify that they're talking about soybeans in their natural or least processed state. So soy nuts or, you know, edamame or things like that, that are not the soy protein isolate that's in your uh, frozen burgers or, you know, the, the other fake meat products that contain soy. That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about just natural or even tofu, which is minimally processed. All right. So copper, uh, Chickpeas, shiitake mushrooms, pearled barley, tomato paste, dark chocolate. Okay, and then sources of iron, spinach, lentils, soybeans, white beans, pumpkin seeds, and blackstrap molasses. Remember, uh, we also, we have a recipe for blackstrap molasses oatmeal in Mm -hmm. our, uh, on our website. So right. check that out. And you know, the good thing about that is you also add, uh, you usually add some walnuts to that. You could also add some maybe like a little ginger, add some, uh, well, you wouldn't want to add maple syrup if you're already adding. Well, you could add you maple could. syrap as a sweetener because, yeah, because, because blackstrap molasses is not sweet. Yes. Uh, but you could do pecans. You could combine some of these things into that delicious oatmeal. All right. And then also uh, antioxidants and B vitamins. So uh, vitamins A, C, and E are all powerful antioxidants. And then so all of those, plus your B vitamins, especially B12, uh, will help to reduce the damage that's done to cells by those free radicals. And we've talked about this before. When, um, uh, when your body metabolizes food and nutrients, it creates the free radicals, which are extra, I think, oxygen molecules. And what those do is they attack your cells and they do damage to your cells. So uh, antioxidants and B vitamins help to eliminate or repair the damage that is done by those free radicals. Yeah, one good source of vitamin A that I, well, I always liked this, but I didn't realize it was a good source of vitamin A was cantaloupe. Mm -hmm. So Larissa And Molly gets her vitamin A too. She likes cantaloupe. Yeah, she likes it. And it's not bad for dogs. Right, it's not. Uh, I'm not a melon person, though, unfortunately. So I'll have to find... But I will again take that for snack. Like usually morning, mid-morning snack, I'll take some cantaloupe. Mm -hmm. Right. All right, so there are a few foods that may disrupt your thyroid function in some cases for some people, and soy is one of them. But again, it's it's kind of like a balancing thing. 
Also vegetables in the brassica family, which is uh, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, broccoli, cabbage. Those can, in some cases, cause uh, your thyroid to not function correctly. You know, and again, it's about if all you eat is Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, broccoli, cabbage, and soy, then yeah, you you may have a greater chance of having problems. But if you balance these, and especially if you're already iodine deficient, and then you eat these things, a lot of them on top of that. But a good way to balance them is to pair these foods with ones that are rich in iodine. Or not eat them because two of the vegetables on this list are the two only two vegetables I can say I honestly Yucky. dislike. Brussels sprouts are, and cauliflower. Yep. <laughs> I'm not a cabbage fan. So either. I've got well, I actually I like cabbage and I know Brussels sprouts are like little baby cabbages almost, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't do Brussels sprouts. I've tried them a bunch of different ways mm-hmm. and I really don't like it. So in my case, instead of pairing it with something, I'll just skip them. <laughs> right. Uh, All right. Uh, yeah. So what about some other things that you can do to help keep your thyroid healthy? All right. So you want to think about minimizing physical stress. Not eating regularly puts stress on your body. So you want to eat frequently and eat smaller meals throughout the day rather than waiting eight hours to eat and be starving. Right. And that's what I have to do, especially with my diabetes, is eat like every few hours. And then uh, so if you eat like a good meal in the morning and then a good midday and then in the evening – but then healthy snacks in between. So like you do with your nuts, like I do with the sunflower seeds, um, healthy snacks. Yeah. And so in addition to minimizing physical stress, you want you also want to minimize emotional stress. So get plenty of exercise, practice good sleep habit, habits, and do yoga, meditation, or other relaxation techniques. I want to do a quick plug here because... I love meditation. I try to do it every day, but it is very difficult as it is for a lot of people. There is a podcast out there. Uh, I don't remember the name of the podcast, but the name of the woman is Tara Brock. I heard her on the Tim Ferriss show and she does guided meditations, which are a lot easier to do than kind of just sitting there in silence because that's when my mind goes all over the place. And that's when a lot of people struggle with that type of thing. So it's T-A-R-A-B-R-A-C-H is her name. I'll put it in the Yeah, put a link. And and she's got a podcast. It's really awesome and gives away a lot of free guided meditations on her website as well. Cool. Yeah, I used to do guided meditation when I was younger, like late teens, early 20s. And I, I really like that. Well, I can really tell a difference when I come home from work. It's I usually like to, you know, spend a few minutes just doing that. And mm-hmm. I just it's a really good way to unwind mm-hmm. that and my glass of wine. But still. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we ready to get into the recipe of the week? Sure. So I wanted to find something that would uh, incorporate some good sources of some of the things that we talked about. And then it, I, I started looking for Brazil nut recipes because you've started using eating Brazil nuts, just, you know, the plain roasted ones. Um, but I, I found this recipe and it's, it's just so simple. It's raw almond, Brazil and cashew nut butter. So it's a nut butter that's all three of those. That sounds really good. So I'm going to try some of that for you and see how you like it. Awesome. All right. So what about a quote? Okay. The quote this week comes from Buddha. And he said, to keep the body in good health is a duty. Otherwise, we shall not be able to keep our minds strong and clear. And, you know, that is so true because everything, when your body's not feeling right, everything starts to come unwound. And like I said, I just really started to feel depressed and just not feeling myself. So 
I am so glad that I'm starting to fix some of this thing. The other thing was that um, we're starting to treat that. The other thing is my physical therapy that I just started Mm -hmm. for my Achilles tendonitis, which has already in just the first session already helped me quite a bit. I'm not hobbling around quite as much. And and my doctor assures me that I will someday, he thinks, be able to play basketball again, which is awesome. Yes. Yay. Okay, well, I think that does it for our episode this week. If you are so inclined and you are a fan of this podcast and have not already left us a rating on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate you heading out there and leaving us a rating. A five-star rating is awesome, and we read all of our five-star ratings on the show. All right, we do. All right, well, I think that does it for this episode this week. Peace out. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Vegetarian Zen. We've created a free resource for you to show you five ways to sneak more fruits and veggies into your diet. You can download it right now by visiting vegetarianzen.com. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind. 